It is time for another mailbag on the Locked On Thunder podcast. We have all of your great questions coming up today. Also, Sam Presti did a little shuffle of the roster. How was I involved in that? And so much more. All coming up on today's podcast as we inch closer to training camp. We're back ramping up. It's exciting. Subscribe anywhere you get podcasts from. It's totally free. And now let's get into the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O-Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, brought to you by the Locked On NBA Podcast for the Monday edition of the Locked On NBA Podcast. We're going to dive into your Twitter questions all about this Thunder season, anywhere from SGA being traded for some reason, and also who on this team will survive the next few seasons until this team can be a championship-level team yet again. The Thunder also made a pretty significant roster move. We'll talk about that as well coming up. But again, this show is brought to you by Locked on NBA Mondays. Start your week with the latest NBA news and game recaps on the Locked on NBA podcast. Josh Lloyd, host of the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world, Locked on Fantasy Basketball, takes you around the NBA with major headlines with help of our local experts. So follow Locked on NBA today, wherever you get your podcast from. You can find that, of course, anywhere you get podcasts from. It's the Locked on NBA podcast, a daily podcast about the national NBA scene, follow Locked On Thunder for the Thunder angle. So off the rundown real quick, because I thought this would be a normal recording on a Sunday night. You know, you come in, get behind the microphone, the ones and twos, you have the mailbag, bada bing, bada boom. It's another off-season pod in the books, but you know Sam Presti, you know it can never, and I mean never, be that easy. So in the midst of week one of the NFL season, we're all sitting back. We got the Sunday ticket pulled up. We got five different screens going, watching every game imaginable. And then all of a sudden, Sam Presti says, you know what? It's too quiet. The rest of the NBA, they've taken the day off. I want to steal some headlines. He changes up the roster. He signs Paul Watson Jr. to a two-way contract. And this was first reported by Kelsey O'Brien. And everybody kind of perk their ears up like, whoa, what's going on here? The Thunder already have two two ways in Josh Hall and in Aaron Wiggins. And then I reported on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles that the Thunder have released Josh Hall, and that's how they signed Paul Watson Jr. The Thunder later on confirmed that by putting out a PR release about an hour or so after I reported it that Josh Hall was released. What does this mean? Again, it's a two-way deal, so it's up to you what it means, right? If you're a diehard, you know, just diehard fan, it's a big deal. Because Josh Hall, 20-year-old kid that has super-duper athleticism and can really be something in this league, I think that he can be a quality player and can be somebody who 
is a rotational piece for an NBA team. He's already, from what I'm hearing, getting interest of other of other NBA teams around the league. But also, you signed Paul Watson Jr., who, yes, is 26 years old, but showed flashes with Toronto. Now, how much of that was the Toronto system versus Paul Watson Jr.? We'll define that later on. But by all accounts, both these guys are great people. Uh, so you're sad to see Josh Hall go, but he's going to have a landing spot somewhere. The Thunder hope it's in Oklahoma City. They hope he comes back on an Exhibition 10 deal, and he's a training camp you know, kind of prospect, and then he goes to the blue. But again, Josh Hall does have a ton of interest around the league besides Oklahoma City. But the Thunder do want to bring him back and put him with the blue. With Paul Watson Jr., again, it's a two-way deal, so who really knows? I think that the only reason you sign a 26-year-old is if you know, hey, this is a guy we think that could be a part of the core. You know, or part of the, when I say core, I don't mean the difference in a championship. I just mean somebody that you put on the team long-term because there's no other reason to fill a two-way deal with a 26-year-old. This seems like a move that you make now because, hey, it's easier to create a spot for the two-way than it is the regular roster right now. And then later on this season, we're hoping that you show enough flashes in Paul Watson Jr. that we can convert you to an NBA deal later on. Because other than that, other than Sam Preston company seeing a pathway for him to be an NBA player on this team long-term, I don't see why you make this move. And again, he did make those flashes, did, did leap off the page at times in Toronto. It's just a matter of buying into this upside play versus Josh Hall's upside play. Personally, I would have gone with Josh Hall, but I'm not running the team, right? Sam Presti is smarter than I am. Uh, and so the only weird thing about this to me is that they offer Josh Hall the qualifying offer, which, again, makes him a trusted free agent, and he can only sign that two-way deal with Oklahoma City. And they didn't rescind the qualifying offer to him the way they did for Svee, right? They said, you know what, Svee, never mind. We take that qualifying offer back. They allow Josh Hall to sign the qualifying offer, and then two, three weeks later, never mind, we're going to go with Paul Watson Jr. I just don't see what's changed in that time period that you sign Josh Hall and now go with Paul Watson. But again, I'm not an NBA GM, so, so who knows? But I just find that that's the kind of peculiar storyline here, not necessarily the play on the court. But between Paul Watson Jr. and Aaron Wiggins, it is safe to say that the streak of converting NBA players out of two-way deals is going to continue. It really is. Uh, so that's interesting to note as we move forward here. So that's the latest roster overturn in Oklahoma City. We'll see more of this. The, the Thunder still need to sign a couple guys to fill out that 20-man roster for the offseason, and then, of course, get that roster down to 17 for the regular season, which includes the two two-way deals of now Aaron Wiggins and Paul Watson Jr. You can go read about this on thundersintentions.com, where I'm also the site expert over there. So the first mailback question comes from at BlackDolphin5. How are you going to start describing the Thunder Tank? And I asked clarification for this. It's a kind of a nickname for the tank. I don't really have a good nickname. Maybe if you guys have one, let me know on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. I guess to me, you start nicknaming it just like trust in Presti, I guess. But I think it's more season by season. Like last year was the fade for Cade. Didn't work out. This year uh, can be chaos for Chet. I don't know. It can be just something random uh, for whoever the top player in the draft is. They also asked though, will Shea be traded before the Thunder are back in the playoffs? To me, I don't view that as as being the route that they choose to go. I think that the max contract shows faith and confidence in SGA. And I think that the goal is to build a playoff team around Shea and a championship team around Shea. And so that's the goal. Will they achieve that goal? That's up to you to decide who you, you know, have, have faith in. 
But that's the blueprint. That's the idea. That's the model they're going to follow. And we'll see if they can accomplish it. But so since that's the plan to have Shea on the championship level core and the playoff caliber team, I'm going to say, no, he is not dealt before they're back in the playoffs. We'll have more of this mailbag coming up, but first, I want to say right now, but good friends over at Sweatblock. Sweatblock is doctor created and doctor recommended. Works up to seven days per use. It's a dry shirt guaranteed. If Sweatblock does not keep you dry, you get your money back. Featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by Firefighters, bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years and over 13,000 reviews. Manufactured in the USA, Wear what you want. It's your little secret to confidence. This is a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag. Whether it's a big presentation or a hot date, everyone can benefit from sweat block. You know that right now we're entering September, mid-September, late September. But in Oklahoma, it is still incredibly hot. You look at this weather and you're still going to be sweating if you're out there doing anything of the sort, right? If you're just out there walking, you're going to be sweating in 93 degree heat, 91 degree heat, 90 degree heat, 97 and 99 upcoming weekend in Oklahoma. So it's going to be a disaster with the sweat. Avoid that by getting sweat block. Sweat block is for you. You can get 20% off at sweatblock.com using our code locked on. Our code locked on sweatblock.com gets you 20% off. However, you can still also get sweat block at Amazon and also your local CVS. So check them out there as well. I want to say right now, but good friends over at Direct TV. Direct TV is making streaming simple. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another device that lets you, uh, you know, see your favorite shows and your favorite sport team, and then another device for all your sport highlights on your phone. And then you also are leeching off your best friend for their login uh, for all the good stuff. It's just there's so many places to get streams and, and to find what you need. You can just consolidate all that into one service, and that service is DirecTV Stream. DirecTV Stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite shows, movies, sports, all in one place, and there's no more juggling remotes, no need to go buy an extra device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion, and get your TV together with directtv.com stream. That's directtv stream. You can find out more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com for directtv stream. Compatible devices required, and content varies by package. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. It is the NFL season. Make sure you're also checking out Locked On NFL and locked on NFL favorite team, whoever it is, the Chiefs, whoever you have, the Cowboys, whatever your team is, go check out their Locked On podcast. This next question comes from at Pizza Lover Ty. In the most in the most in most big trade scenarios, sorry about that. The Thunder might consider the next year or two. Would you consider some order of Basley, Malon, Roby, or Williams most likely to move? So, who's the most likely to move in a big deal? that the Thunder will likely pull off this upcoming season or next season. What would it take for them to enter that conversation of untouchable? So ranking the players most likely to be dealt, I would go with Baisley, Maladon, Williams, and then Roby because I'm basing this off of the big trade. 
You mentioned big trade there. So who's likely to be included in a big trade? To be the difference in a big trade, you have to be extremely talented and you have to at least have shown flashes of being a prospect that can deliver big time starter minutes or, or, or can at least move the needle in some way. And while I like Isaiah Roby, you know that I started Isaiah Roby Island. While I like Kenny Hustle and all that he brings off the court and the intangibles of his game and his three-point shooting, those two players are not moving the needle for a big trade. They'll move the needle for a trade, just not a big trade to go land that kind of co-star with Shea and company. But Baisley and Malbon, who are both, both very young and have both at different times in their career, shown an ability to be a starting-level player or better in the NBA – those players, along with a boatload of picks, that starts to move the needle for a big name as long as they play well this year. On the flip side of that coin, who has the most, who has the best chance to be untouchable or get close to untouchable? It'd be Baisley and Malbon because of those flashes. If they can put it all together and take that next step that we expect them to take, well, then, then at that point, you think you might have your core and you just need more time to develop them in Shea, Giddy, Baisley, Malbon, Dort, etc. I'm not sure if anyone but Shea can reach untouchable status. And again, we mentioned untouchable is just a blanket statement. It is just a, a kind of word to, to get you from one sense to another. Because technically speaking, there is some price that the Thunder would trade Shea. Just as there's some price where the Kings would trade Fox or Ja would get traded or Colin Sexton gets traded or whoever you want to go down, Trey Young, there's a price but who's going to meet that price? The only player without a price is LeBron James because LeBron brings so much on and off the floor of that revenue and that ability to be a championship-level team just because he's on your team. He's the guy that has no price. And Luka. I would say Luka has no price either. But if you're offered Luka for Shea, you're going to take that. So then at that point, no, it's not untouchable because there's technically an offer out there that can knock your socks off. So he's the only one that reaches that point of like, hey, look, there's probably not an offer out there that can get you Shea because you're not going to want to pay the piper to get Shea. Anyone getting close to that marker would be Lou Dort. I'm not sure who can enter that marker uh, of being that kind of player where you're just not going to trade them. But Baisley has a good shot. I mean, I know he had a bad season last year, but watching him in the bubble and then seeing how his role can expand this year and if he can be put in better situations as a kind of more ball handling situations and more of that, positionless nature of playing basketball with Mark's system. Uh, I think that Baisley can can really improve his stock and, and really do a 180 in terms of fan perception this year. But really, untouchables, there's only one on this team. It's SGA. And I even say Poku is the number two because his team just believes in him so much to be that unicorn type of player. And so they, they're not going to give up on that on that possibility yet. So I'd say that, that it's like Shea, Poku, Dor as like your three guys who you really do not want to trade and kind of in that order as well. And the next one comes from at MK325491 on Twitter. Who's going to be a realistic starting five for the Thunder, uh, in your opinion, for the start of the season? Will it be SGA, Dort, Giddy, and then who's the four and the five? Yeah, for me, you start SGA, Dort, and Giddy. There's just not a reason for me not to start Giddy this season from day one. You can go read on thundersintentions.com uh, my entire rotation that I tried to build out last week. I tried to figure out who will mark play off the bench first and who will come in after the bench guys come in, who's going to be the starters. I think it'll be SGA, Dort, Giddy, Baisley, and, and Favors. I think that 
there's a lot of reasons for it. Number one, SGA and Dort, we don't need to discuss. That's a lock. Giddy, you have to play your sixth overall pick. And you have to see what he can do next to Shea. Because this is not a normal sixth overall pick. He's admitted, I've never put another guard before. Like another guard, not another all-NBA guard, not another all-star guard. I have never put another guard before. So now adjusting that new role, where you're no longer going to be the guy who has the ball every single time. You'll have moments where you're the guy with the ball, but you'll also have off-ball moments. Having that difference, you need as much time as possible this season with that formula on the floor to see how you can adjust it in the offseason to get better at it or even just get, again, just get better at it, even if you're good or bad, whatever the case is, improve on it. So those three to me should be locks. They might not be because maybe Mark doesn't like starting rookies, but those should be locks. The reason I say Baisley over Poku, Personally, if I was the head coach, and we're just talking strictly upside, strictly production, strictly basketball, I'd do Poku at four. I think he has the higher upside. But if we add in the -the off-the-court stuff, we add in the the emotions, the relationships, we add in everything else that goes into these decisions. Because this is not a a 2K game, right? We're not going to be able to build our rotation the way we can in my GM mode, where you know, relationships be damned and everything else doesn't matter except for playing the court and overall attributes and stats. I think that the person who can handle being benched more, and this is just from the outside looking in, outside looking in, I think from the outside looking in that the person who can handle being off the bench better is Boku. He'll still have confidence. He'll still play his game, play his role, and not waver in himself or doubt himself. I wonder, after a full year of starting, if Baisley can do the same if he's benched for Poku. Like, if he goes from starting every single game he played last year to coming off the bench behind Poku, does he, you know, kind of waver in his confidence? Does he feel a certain way? How does he how does he handle that situation? And I think that Poku handles that situation better from the outside looking in. So I'd play my cards right and just start Baisley is a good relationship with Shea as well. So get them on the same page and, and see what you have in that sense. And at the five, I'd play favors to start the season because I think that favors will be a good soldier, will do everything right on media day and at training camp and in the preseason. You start him for a month or two. Sadly, somebody will get hurt. It's just the way the NBA goes. And at that time, a contender will swoop up Derek Favors and his $10 million. This is not now Horford situation where you're going to have him all year long. I think that a contender will take him very quickly, if not you know, before the start of the season. He's a very talented player who can help out a contender. And the Thunder will not ask for a King's Ransom for him, in my opinion. So, to start the year, he's you know he starts, but then he's likely traded before the deadline for sure and likely before January. So we'll see how that shakes out a bit. So after you trade... Favors, I'd like to start Jeremiah Robinson Earl. They'd probably start Isaiah Roby, to be completely honest with you. And I can see the benefit for both of them. At Andrew Baxter 90 on Twitter says, do you foresee any former Thunder players playing a LeBron and coming back to win a title? I don't know if they win a title, but I think that Russ comes back. I think that Russ will retire, remember the Thunder, uh, and play his final year, whatever year that will be, as a member of the Thunder. I don't think that there's that storybook for Kevin Durant. Uh, I, I don't think that there's that storybook for James Harden. I think that Russ comes back. He plays one more year, and it might look different than what you're used to seeing in Oklahoma City, but at least he's in Oklahoma City. 
So that's kind of the only one left to me that makes any sense. And again, who knows where the team's at at that point whenever Russ hangs it up. Can they win a ring at that time? Maybe. We, we don't know the roster yet. So nobody will come back and will the team to a championship like LeBron did. Like th- that would mean only Kevin Durant coming back because as much as we all love Russ, if only he came back, then they're not going to win a championship. You know, they're not going to get that ring, so to say. But if Kevin Durant decides in three years, hey, you know what? I need to right my wrongs and go to Oklahoma City. Then you have that LeBron arc of him returning and winning a championship. But with Russ, it depends on who else is on the team. How does the team look? whenever he's a free agent and can come back to Oklahoma City. But the, but the more realistic option is Russell Westbrook, and, and I don't think that he'll be the reason why they win a championship. It'd just be a fun storyline. We'll have more questions coming up, but first, I'm going to say right now, put a good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago. You could have been going to rockauto.com and finding all the parts that your car would ever need, including windshield wipers, batteries, transmitters. I'm running out of parts that I know the names of, but nonetheless, you can find it all at rockauto.com. My favorite part about rockauto.com is their website because it's all online. I go to rockauto.com and here's what happens, folks. I put my make, my model, my year into their database and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way I'm not wasting time or effort or money on parts I cannot use, parts I do not need, It's quick, it's simple, it's easy, and most importantly, they don't know that I can only name three car parts. So they're not going to upcharge me. They're not going to take advantage of me. It's going to be a fair deal for every party involved at rockauto.com. Tell them right now that Lockdown sent you in the how did you hear about us box, and they'll know what to do from there. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices of the parts your car will need, rockauto.com. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. It's not R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show for 05-362-7128. On today's show, brought to you by Locked On Bets. Betting on any league you want to does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to Locked On Bets. It's hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, getting you daily picks, spot specials, and wrong team favored, and Lee's lock of the day. So follow Locked on Bets anywhere you get your podcast from, especially now during the NFL season, whenever you guys are more likely to be betting on action. We're going to continue our mailbag next up with at Kenny Elmore one Using the current roster, predict who will be on the opening game roster next year for the 22-23 season. We have to choose between Trey Ty, Teo, and Vit. So it's a good question because the Thunder do have three first-round picks coming up in the next draft. So who will survive the offseason? I think Shea does, Dort does, Poku does. I think that you can consider those three locks. Josh Giddy is a lock as well. I would say Trey Mann is a lock. That's five. I would even venture to say Jeremiah Robinson Earl's a lock. That's six. Baisley, seven. Maldon, eight. Jerome, nine. They seem to like Vit, so let's put Vit there for ten. 
They'll probably bring Muscala back. That's, you know, 11. But but we're kind of running out of room here with the three first-round picks, not to mention just a natural overturn. I, I think that that's kind of your roster, and the rest is fluid. And I think that even some of those names like Baisley and Taylor, which we talked about before, are fluid. Of like, if there's a trade package where you can move up in the draft, and it takes Tao or Baisley to go over the hump, and they haven't they haven't shown enough this year. We don't know what the season looks like for them yet. Maybe you pull the trigger on that because of the numbers game. Who knows? But, but that's a tough exercise to do. I think that the interesting thing to watch for this season is who can solidify their spot. Because so far, again, Giddy, Poku, Shea, Dort are like the guys that you know for sure won't be moved. Other than that, I wouldn't race out and buy anybody's jersey even though I like Baisley, I like Roby, I like all those other players. Uh, at Larry, by 11, 25, 42, 24. Big Jerry Stackhouse fan and Kobe Bryant fan, I guess. What's happening with free agency? Sounds like a Jerry Seinfeld bit. What's the deal with free agency? Ever notice how free agency always goes in a couple of days? What's the deal? Okay. Anyway, uh, nothing. The team is not going to sign anybody. Um, they haven't signed anybody. This is kind of par for the course. They're going to bring in young guys in the draft, and that does not leave room for free agents, unless you count Paul Watson as a free agent. And you get that draft. Watson. Anyway, at Ramen Shadataya? I'm so sorry. If Sam Presti suddenly decides to swoop in and go after Ben Simmons, what kind of package do you think he'd be willing to give up without trading Lou or Shea? We saw in the draft that draft picks alone were not as valuable as once thought. You're going to have to give up something of substance. And you have to remember, as we talked about on the, on the Ben Simmons podcast, the Sixers are not in a typical spot that of a team losing a franchise pillar, right? If Dame makes a mess and Dame wants to throw a fit, Portland at that point will be willing to just hit the reset button. Whenever Paul George wanted out and Russ wanted out, the Thunder were willing to hit the reset button to where teams hitting the reset button place a higher mark on draft picks than teams who are trying to go for it. And with Joel Embiid being 27 years old, sure, you could get like six first-round picks from the Thunder, but they'd cash out whenever Embiid's like 33 with his injury history, and you wouldn't really want that. You want someone who can play right away. And so the only impact players who can replace that all-star level production you're losing in Ben Simmons for the regular season and be an upgrade over him in the postseason would be Shea. It'd be Shea. Because even Lou Dort would be a, a good addition to their team, but wouldn't be, you know, that that offensive outburst you'd want. So to me, it doesn't make sense for either side. I do not like Ben's fit in Oklahoma City. And I do not like a trade package that involves Ben going to Oklahoma City because I don't think that the Sixers should value a lot of picks. I, I just don't see how that's beneficial for either one. Uh, at Giddy for Giddy, what is the Thunder player who are who you are lower than, lower on than most people? This is a good question. Normally, it's like normally people ask the opposite of like who are you higher on than most people. So this is a good, interesting question to kind of think through. So the roster itself, I think that. I think that the Isaiah Roby factor has gone a little bit over correction. Um, remember last year, I was the only person beating the drum for Isaiah Roby, making the Isaiah Roby Island, even back in the preseason, talking about how much this team loves him. 
And now we've kind of overcorrected. I think that there's a real chance that Jeremiah Robinson Earl is just a better version of Isaiah Roby. Because I do not think that JRE will be an all-star or superstar, but I do think he can be a small ball five and, and, and be what you want Roby to be, only with a better three-point shot. So if he's exactly what Isaiah Roby is, and he has the exact same skill set as Isaiah Roby, but also can shoot threes, well, then that makes Isaiah Roby very expendable. So maybe we've kind of gone too far with the correction of Isaiah Roby. I also think we've gone too far with the correction of Baisley in the sense of you guys went super sky high on him in the bubble, and now his stock is way, 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 way too low. So I'm higher on Baisley than most people are. I'm not really low on any player on this roster because it's how the roster is designed. I'd say maybe Deck I'm lower than on. Like He's a fine player, a throwback-style player. He's just a guy that is going to cycle through here in a year or two and be gone. It doesn't really matter to me. Uh, I think that that's kind of maybe the option there. I'm not that low on any player, though, on this roster. I think that they all... Like, I think that Isaiah Roby's a good player. I think that Isaiah Roby solidified his NBA future last year. And he'll be a veteran. He'll be a guy that is on an NBA rotation and in one and makes an impact on good teams for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years in the NBA. But I think that for this specific roster, if JRE, again, can do what Roby can do only better, then you pick Roby, you pick JRE over Roby, and Roby goes somewhere else and has a huge impact. But it, Roby's still an NBA player and still a very good one. So it's just a, it's a weird question for this roster. Like, normally, this is a great question. Normally, for a normal roster that's not trying to kind of lose and just focus on development, it, it would be a great question. But because this roster is still so young and so raw – and nobody's had a chance to solidify themselves or go, you know, kind of go too high in public perception. Like, what's the perception on Trey Mann, for example? Do people think he's going to be a superstar? Because I don't think he's going to be a superstar. But I don't think anyone thinks that. So, like, I, I can't be too high. You know, it's not. It's just. It's just a weird, uh, weird timing for the question because of the roster. But a good one for like the Mavericks. Like, like I'm sure Lockdown Mavs has players that they are lower on than most people because that's a team that has a good mixture of vets and a good mixture of young players and a good mixture of everything under the sun. For this specific roster, it's hard to be low on anybody. And that's not being a homer. It's just like, you're not ready yet to give up on any player on this roster. I would say I'm concerned about, you know, Kendrick Williams. And, and by that, I mean his three-point shooting. I think that there's a chance... And a chance just means it could happen, not that it's going to happen. There's a chance that 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 Kenny's three-point shooting was kind of a fluke in the in the weird non-fan environment or limited fan environment last year to where maybe he takes a huge step backwards in the three-point category this year. And then it's back to people not really valuing his hustle anymore because he's not shooting as well. And you've missed the boat on trading him for his peak of his powers, you know, trade value at last year's deadline because you wanted to keep around the feel-good story and the good veteran and the guy that held the locker room together. And was that worth it? Time will tell. He's going to be a great locker room guy. He's going to be a great person. He's going to be a great hustler, a great rebounder, a great, you know, a, a great facilitator in the sense of making sure everybody's in the right place at the right time and doing the right things. He's going to do all those things great for the rest of his career in Oklahoma City and otherwise. But I do wonder hey, can that three-point shooting sustain itself? And we'll see. We'll see if that can be the case. Did he figure something out in his shot? Did he figure out how to pick his spots better? Who knows? That, to me, is a big question that I don't think that's getting brought up enough. Like, I don't just want to bank on him being a 44% three-point shooter next year. Or I guess this year at this point. I, I hope that answers your question. It's a really good question. Just that It's just the roster is so weird that I'm not sure 
I'm not sure anyone's overrated on this roster or underrated. I think that this roster's pretty properly rated right now, which is all, always an anomaly. Like it's, it's rare that a roster's ever properly rated. But I think that we've done a good job in the Thunder fan base of rating these guys properly. So that is the mailbag. We're going to have a 2K episode where we talk about the 2K ratings and simulated season on the 2K video game uh, this week. Also going to talk to at Mavs draft this week about the NBA draft coming up as our kind of preseason check-in for the upcoming NBA draft and so much more. So be sure to subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder.